You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. I want to see people sitting in these chairs. I want to see people attending our services that we're not stealing from some other congregation or we're growing because of the disadvantage of some other local congregation where disaster has happened or pastors left or whatever. No, we, we welcome those people if they can come here and they can grow. Our doors are open to anybody. But we don't want to just see people coming from another local church. We want to see people that have been reached through us. Churches should offer refuge to believers whose church has undergone a crisis or whose teaching has strayed from the Bible. But sadly, there are churches whose congregations are largely made of believers that they've drawn in from other churches with their flashy production or shallow teaching. As Pastor Danny will point out in today's message, we're called to go to the ends of the earth to reach the lost. We need to be getting out there and reaching the lost, not poaching other believers. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Romans chapter 15, as he continues his message, sharing Christ where he's not been made known. When the Bucs won their first Super Bowl, it is my opinion that Tony Dungy and his staff prepared the way. They did the hard work. John Gruden got the credit. I don't mean any disrespect for John Gruden, but I believe Tony Dungy and his staff did the work, the hard work. And without that hard work, I don't think the Bucs would have won that Super Bowl. And God was looking down and he sent Tony to Indianapolis to finally get his Super Bowl ring. A few weeks ago, we were on vacation. We went away for a little while, but a lot of the time we were here. My second son, my wife and I are so overjoyed. We're delighted because he got married a little over a year ago. He and his wife hadn't gotten plugged into a good local church, and we pray for all of our kids to get involved in a good local church. And now he's not only plugged in at the new satellite church called Radiant, satellite planted out of Tampa, Pastor Aaron, I've met with Pastor Aaron. He's a great guy, good Bible teacher, preaching the Word. And the Satellite Church in St. Pete, they're on 62nd Avenue at Canterbury School. We went during vacation, and we went to the services. We stayed for two services, one message, but both worship services, because our son's playing in the worship team, playing drums. We got there early. I didn't think I was very early, but we got there a few minutes, and there was hardly any cars in the parking lot. And at first, I thought we got the time or the service wrong. But we didn't. Finally, people started to show up. And guess guess who some of the people I saw there were? People I used to pastor at the old church, Calvary Chapel, St. Petersburg, at the old Walmart. Some of them seemed a little nervous that I was there. That was kind of fun. (laughs) 
You know, a lot of local churches grow because another local church has something like what we had happen, that debacle. God help us, but it happened. It is what it is. Strike the shepherd, sheep are scattered. What grieves me is I hear there are some people still wandering in the wilderness. They haven't gotten plugged into a good local fellowship. Listen, it delights me. It delights me to see people at Radiant Church in St. Petersburg that used to sin under my teaching. It delights me. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm not trying to brag. I've never felt in competition with any other pastor. And look, I want people to plug in to local fellowships where they can grow the best. If you, Calvary Chapel Fellowship, found a place tomorrow, a local church where you could grow better than you do here, then let me recommend that you get involved there. I mean that sincerely with all my heart. If everybody tomorrow left Calvary Chapel Fellowship, doesn't mean God's done with me. Lord, where do you want me to go? What do you want me and Wendy to do? But a lot of churches grow, and it's just a revolving door. It's, it's churches, you know, having problems here, and all of a sudden their sheep end up in another local church. <laughs> After Radiant, watching our son play drums, and that was a thrill. We're driving right up 62nd Avenue by another church called Faith Covenant. I know the guy that planted Faith Covenant years and years ago, Don Logue. Don Logue became a good friend of mine, good friend of mine. And I've been hearing things about Faith Covenant. I've been hearing they're growing and, and there's a new pastor and things are happening there. And I'm like, and I told Wendy, I said, we're going right by Faith Covenant. Let's stop in there. Well, they got multiple services. I know what that's like. We've been doing that for years. And, and it was the end of their 10 o'clock service. And we pull into the parking lot. My wife wouldn't get out. She said, I'm, gonna go, I'm not going to go in. The service is already going on. But I had no problem with doing it. And I walk in the door, and guess what? The first guy that greets me, he's there with a group of guys there on the safety team. He goes, I recognized him. He recognized me. He goes, no way. I said, yeah, way. <laughs> Thank God they let me pass. I snuck in the back, I sat in front of the sound booth, and I'm looking around, and I'm listening to the last 20 minutes of the message. This guy's a great Bible teacher. I mean, I thank God for the pastor at Faith Covenant. Good things are happening there. I rejoice. And as I looked around, I'm listening to the message, but I couldn't help but look around. All of a sudden, I look, and I go, I know them, I know them, I know them. I look over here, I go, I know them, I know them. It's people that used to be at the old Walmart. And there were many more people at Faith Covenant than at Radiant. And so after that service, you know, I mean, we're just in conversation. And I'm like, people coming up to me, girl comes up to me, a lady, young lady now with kids around her. And she, she almost gets emotion, tears in her eyes. She said, across from the old Walmart, you led me to Christ. I, I, got, I get emotional now thinking about it. I'm, and these people are coming up to me, and, and some of them are actually very nice. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking this is good, and we're, we're having conversations here and there. Well, I take a break because I want to go up and meet the pastor. And I go down, and there's a line. I know what that's like. People want to talk to him, and, and I'm waiting in the line for a few minutes. And finally, I said, well, I'm going to go back and fellowship a little bit, so I go back out in the lobby. And finally, he comes out in the lobby, and a couple that I'm talking to from the old church, he comes up and starts talking to them. And so when I got an in, I reached over and I said, hey, hey, I just wanted to meet you, and I'm, I'm, my name's Danny. He says, I know. <laughs> and that's all he said. 
And I didn't know what was happening. And then I went away and it, it bothered me. And then I started thinking, now I'm not saying this, what he was thinking. I'm not, I'm not trying to look into his heart. But what I started thinking is, I wonder if he thinks I'm there to steal sheep. I wonder if he thinks I'm there to steal sheep. And it never, ever entered my mind. I rejoice. I really rejoice that those people I saw there now have a church home after being scattered and after experiencing the pain of what we experienced four years ago. I rejoice. We want to look ahead. We want to look forward. What does God have for us? I began to reminisce. And I hope my reminiscing has a point. I believe it has a point to what God's saying to us in the text. I went back to the early days, very early days. When I first took over at Calvary Chapel, St. Petersburg, we were meeting on 54th Avenue, 69th Street. It was then called the Sons of Italy Lodge. When I took over, we went from about 60 to 70 people on a Sunday to about 20. And I thought, what in the world have I done? I was single at the time. I wasn't even married, didn't have a family of my own. Single pastor. I thought I'd made a terrible mistake. I quit more times than you can count in my mind, in my mind. But we just kept being faithful. We had no worship team, not after I took over. The, the, the worship team that was there, they, they, got, they left. We stayed faithful, just kept plugging, kept teaching the Word. Uh, after a while, God began to grow the church and people began to show up, you know, and we got a worship team started and it was a young guy and his family came to visit his mom and dad and his dad came up to me after the service and began a conversation, said, my son loves your church. I said, well, I said, we, we love your son and we love having him part of the worship team. He's a great addition, great guitar player. This guy was taking, uh, the father was taking classes at Fuller Theological Seminary. And he told me, as we're conversing, he said, look, I'm taking some classes on church planning and church growth. And I feel like the Holy Spirit is here and God has something in the future good for you guys as a church. But there's some things you need to do. And at that time, we were about 120, 130 people on a Sunday morning. And he said, there's some things you're going to need to do to break the 200 barrier. And all of a sudden, we got interrupted with other people wanting to come and talk to me. And to this day, to this day, I stand here, and I, to this day, I still do not know what to do to break the 200 barrier. That's the honest truth. I don't know what to do to break the 200 barrier. All I know how to do is teach the Word and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now... Calvary Chapel Fellowship, one of, the, one of the beauties of Calvary Chapel Fellowship, by church standards, we're still a large church, but compared to where we came from in terms of the growth that God gave us, we became a mega church. When somebody, another pastor in the area, I'm conversing with him one day, and he said, you know you're the pastor of a mega church, and there's never, ever been a mega church in Pinellas Park, Florida. I didn't even know what a mega church was. I went home and looked it up. It's a church that consistently has over 2,000 people in attendance on a Sunday, on a weekend. I became the pastor of a mega church. Look, I'm just telling you what God did. I, look, how'd that happen? God's will. Some pastors just as faithful, and they pastor hundreds. Some pastor fewer. Look, it's God's will. That's what God had for us. 
One of the beauties of Calvary Chapel Fellowship is I've gotten to know some people that I wasn't able to get to know when we got to thousands of people. But still, we're several hundred, and it's still impossible to be personal with everybody. But some of us, you know, if we're not careful, listen, I'm talking to me and to us as a church fellowship, we could get comfortable where we are. God help us never to do that. And I'm not looking to go back and steal sheep or people have landed another local fellowship. God bless you. If you can grow there, stay there. So what does God want us to do? He wants us to reach out. This is the message. Our diversity. And we're at unity. The challenge for us to reach people where Christ is not known. Where Christ is not known. There are people that know about Jesus but want God wants to use us to make him known personally. And I want to see in days to come, I want to see people sitting in these chairs. I want to see people attending our services that we're not stealing from some other congregation or we're growing because of the disadvantage of some other local congregation where disaster has happened or a pastor has left or whatever. No, we, we welcome those people if they can come here and they can grow. Our doors are open to anybody. But we don't want to just see people coming from another local church. We want to see people that have been reached through us. And so here's, here's the final few moments. Biblical advice for sharing the gospel. Look for people in need. And consider how Jesus might want to minister to them through you. And there's a couple of suggestions. Pray for people for healing. I wish every time I prayed for somebody for healing, they'd be healed. I, I, I don't understand why, but there have been more people I prayed for for healing that have not been healed than people that have been healed. I have seen people be healed. I wish it was every time. But just because they don't get healed, don't stop praying for them. Because that could be how Jesus becomes known to them personally. And then through their healing, the testimony goes out, just like in Acts chapter 3. Good Samaritan giving is a great way to share the love of Jesus and have an open door to share the gospel. Good Samaritan giving, I don't want to assume everybody knows the story, but it's in the New Testament, Samaritan that goes to help a guy that had been robbed and beaten. The priest goes by and doesn't do anything. The Levite goes by. But this most unlikely character, the Samaritan, stops and bandages the guy's wounds, puts him on his donkey, takes him to the local inn and tells the innkeeper, when I come back through, if he spends more than this and he has more than this as a need, I'll reimburse you for whatever he needs. And there are people like that in our community. And we can... We can open our purse and open our wallet. Now, you've got to be sensitive and use wisdom. You don't just necessarily hand out your money to every guy and girl on the street. I understand that. So God give us wisdom. But there are people that we can reach out and help in the name of Jesus. And I love the fact that you can't give a cup of cold water, Jesus said, and lose your reward. Even a cup of cold water can not only have significance, it can make a difference. I love the story in John 4. We call her the woman at the well. She's a Samaritan woman. Jews had no dealings with Samaritan, but it tells us Jesus had to go through Samaria. And he wowed his way, and he crossed... All kind of barriers, racial barriers, religious barriers, routine, the routine of life. And this woman had had five husbands. 
None of those marriages had worked out. And now she's living with a guy. But she's still seeking and she's still longing for love. And she's never really discovered what real love is all about. And that's why Jesus is there. And he asked her for a drink. And a story will never get old to me, no matter how many times I've heard it, read it, taught it. And she's surprised that a Jew is asking her, a Samaritan, for a drink of water. And she says, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan, yet you asked me for a drink of water. And Jesus said, if you knew who asked you for a drink, you'd ask him for a drink. And he'd give you living water. And that is exactly what he gave her that day. Changed her life forever. She runs back into town. I met a guy like I never met before. He told me everything I ever done. And the whole town comes out to hear him. And he hangs out there for a couple of days just sharing with these people because of one woman that was reached. And it all was through it. A drink of water. It takes courage. But if you have opportunity, share the gospel personally. Share the gospel personally. And when you do, don't focus on the non-essentials. My mind went back to my first pastor. Pastor Milton Fraser, he invited me to go on visitation with him. And Saturday morning, we're driving around and we're visiting people that had visited the church and they got their address. And we go to the house of this one guy and we're sitting on his back porch and he's smoking a cigarette and the smoke is going right in my pastor's face. I'm amazed he didn't cough. Instead of being distracted by the cigarette, he just continued to share Jesus with the guy. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget it. It made such a difference for me knowing how to share with people. Don't focus on the, you know, you could have said, well, smoking may not send you to hell, just make you smell like you've been there. What? No, he just shared Jesus with him. Don't focus on non-essentials, disputable matters. Share your testimony. I hope you have one. If you don't have one, I hope you have one after today. Tell them how you came to know Jesus. Tell them when you got saved. Tell them when you put your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Man born blind, they're asking him all kinds of questions. Who did this? How did he do it? And finally he gets frustrated. He says, I don't know. All I know is I was blind and now I see. You don't have to answer all their theological questions. You don't have to tell them everything about the Bible. You may not know anything, but you know Jesus. Memorize the Romans road. Even if you don't memorize the verses, memorize where they're found. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5.8, God demonstrates his love in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 10.9, if you believe in your heart, God raised Jesus from the dead. Confess him with your mouth, you'll be saved. I mean, it's just four scriptures, four scriptures, great scriptures to share Jesus. Pray for an open door. Paul even said in Colossians 4 to the Colossian church, pray for me that God would open a door for my message. You say, I don't know if I want to pray for an open door because I know if I do pray for an open door, God will open a door. And you're afraid to pray for an open door. That's okay. Before I'm done, I'm going to pray for God to open a door for you. Duh. Invite people to church. Or to a church event. The number one question I've asked people, especially when the church got so large over time, we were, you know, thousands of people. Number one question I would ask new people, how did you hear about the church? 99.9% of the time, listen to me, 99.9% of the time, 
It was not, I heard your message on uh, wherever, I saw the billboard, uh, you know, I saw the sign when I was driving by. 99.9% of the time, my neighbor, someone I work with, my relative, my friend, 99.9% of the time, the people that were coming to the services were coming because they were personally invited or somebody personally told them about the church. What's the number one way? That's still it. Word of mouth. Throw a Matthew party. <laughs> Especially if you just got saved and you have the means to do it and you have a nice house, invite all your friends who don't know Christ as you've just become a follower of Christ. And a lot of us, the majority of us, you know, we come together week after week and we got a lot of people that have been following Christ for years. You could still throw a Matthew party if God leads you to. And if you have some people that don't know Christ in your life, Invite them over, but make sure they know that the party, the banquet that Matthew gave, it was in Jesus' honor. That's what Luke tells us. It was in Jesus' honor. And he made sure that everybody knew this is because he's become a follower of Jesus Christ. Don't let fear or anything else keep you from sharing the gospel. What does God have for us in the future? I don't know. But there are people out here, without question, without question, that God wants to use us, us, to make Jesus known to. The size of the church is up to God. One plants, one waters, God makes things grow. It's up to God to save their souls. It's up to us to be a witness. Isn't it wonderful that that is, our responsibility is not to save them. Our responsibility is to be a witness to them. And the size of our church that's up to the Lord. Last but not least, as God does add according to his will and our faithfulness, the size of our church, as God adds new believers, and by the way, when you start giving birth, you know what happens in a family when you start having kids? Diapers need to be changed. Sibling rivalries. When you start to see new people, guess what? The challenges of diversity really come home. And the challenges of different ages and different levels of maturity. But guess what? We need to be willing to change some diapers. We need to be willing to listen to some screaming sibling rivalries. And we need to be open to new life. New life. Amen? Amen. And our desire, I promise this is my last statement. Our desire is, as God adds numerically to our fellowship, we're not looking for a Walmart. I'm looking for God to raise up more pastors and worship teams and children's ministry teams. And we'd like to take a hundred or so of you and send you out to Seminole or send you out to Clearwater or send you out to where Tampa, wherever, wherever. And we'd like to reproduce more of the family vibe, more of the relational aspect. That's always been our desire. But the larger you get in terms of a Sunday meeting, the harder it is to do that. So if the seats fill up with new babies in Christ, we're trusting that God's going to raise up through the school of ministry, through people in our own fellowship. He's going to raise up teams. And we're just going to send them out. Send them out. 
and keep reproducing. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Living Word with Pastor Danny Hodges. You're welcome to listen to additional teachings from Pastor Danny by going to our website, ccfstpete.church. Just look under the Resources tab and click on Teachings. We also encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on the latest messages and videos from Calvary Chapel Fellowship, the church behind this ministry. If you're ever in or near the St. Petersburg area, we would love to meet you in person. We meet on Saturdays at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. But if you're unable to visit us in person, no worries. We also offer live stream services. Find out more on our website. Once again, that's ccfstpete.church. As Pastor Danny continues this series in the Book of Romans, our prayer is that you're finding a newfound appreciation for who Jesus is and how your life should reflect Him. Throughout the book of Romans, we read about the faith that Paul had in Jesus and how he didn't back down from his beliefs. Likewise, we encourage you to stand firm in your faith. The goal of this ministry is teaching the Word and reaching the world. We trust that the living Word is speaking to many and pray that lives would be changed. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Tune in next time to hear Pastor Danny continue to teach through the book of Romans right here on The Living Word.